questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. From the words of tonight's special guest, quote, Wow, who doesn't like the movies? Possibly the folks picking up the popcorn off the sticky floors. But then again, they may get free admission. Movies are much more than entertainment. They are a worldwide cultural phenomenon. They can be beautiful, wonderful, horrific, shocking, entrancing, mesmerizing. Movies change people's lives. Movies rule people's lives. They tell us how to live. They teach our children. They sell us wars. Their influence is overwhelming. Now, what can I say? I love movies. As a member of the first television generation, I grew up with them. Movies have helped from my worldview and still do. I minored in drama at college and wrote plays. Turner Classic Movies is often the background noise in my office. I enjoy the narratives, the music. It's comfort food. But sadly, time has shown me that there is more to the cinema that meets the eye. Unquote. Tonight, we'll dive into the deep, dark, and mysterious undertones hidden in Tinseltown's biggest films. After years of scholarly research, our special guest has compiled his most read essays, combining philosophy, comparative religion, symbolism, geopolitics, and their connections to film. You will watch movies with new eyes, able to decipher on your own as the secret meanings of cinema are unveiled. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, Divinia water, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Jay Tyre is one of the foremost deconstructors of the hidden agendas and narratives of Tinseltown and its friends. Jay's analysis.com has been a prime mover of the film studies discussion on the internet. Jay is an author, comedian, and TV presenter known for his deep analysis of Hollywood, geopolitics, and culture. His graduate work focuses on psychological warfare and film, and he is the author of two books, Esoteric Hollywood 1 and 2, and the co-creator and co-host of the television show Hollywood Decoded. He has been featured on numerous popular shows and podcasts and in debates with some of the world's top debaters. His website is jaysanalysis.com. Jay Dyer joins us tonight on Veritas. Hello, Jay, and welcome. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. I, I apologize for the snappy last time. I would have loved to have been with you earlier, but um, I'm glad to be here now. I appreciate that you are back and that we reconnected. Jay, you're new on Veritas. Let's 
let's set the foundation for those who may not know who you are. When did you begin to decode an interpret, make an interpretation of the images and symbols that scroll across these all-pervasive screens that dominate our daily lives? It was really something that grew out of just loving movies. I mean, all the way back into, you know, the 80s. I'm a child of the 80s, so I grew up with Star Wars. I grew up with E.T., Spielberg, George Lucas, Indiana Jones, all those kinds of uh, you know, 80s uh, uh, staples. And then when I was in high school, I was getting more and more into theater. Uh, I did a lot of um, acting, did a lot of plays in high school and decided that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I live in a small town, so there wasn't a lot of stuff to do other than uh, movies. I mean, people were either uh, into the arts or you were doing meth or, you know, some kind of drug or something like that because <laughs> there's nothing else to do. So uh, my buddies and I, we were more uh, artistically inclined. So I got really into the classics. I got really into, you know, the, the big directors, Kubrick, Scorsese, De Palma, you know, all these different guys. And um, I, right around my sophomore, senior year, I started noticing certain themes in movies that I didn't really get. Like, you know, I, would, I was already kind of into Oliver Stone at the time, and I'd seen uh, Natural Born Killers, and I knew that it was satire and that kind of stuff. But I noticed that certain movies, like Dick Donner's Conspiracy Theory, you know, they had these themes of like mind control and then, you know, other films I'd watched, Long Kiss Goodnight. You know, they, they also had this mind control theme. So I was already kind of prepped for trying to decode film just from being a, a movie buff back in high school. And then when I went to uh, college, I took a lot of film classes and history classes and philosophy classes. And I started noticing kind of parallels between these worlds. And then in grad school, I really tried to focus on uh, geopolitics, espionage propaganda and then that really you know sealed the deal for how all these different worlds are related together so i noticed that hollywood had been used for propaganda a lot a lot of a-list actors famous stars had been spies had worked for various intelligence agencies had been informants this kind of stuff and i just thought that was the, the perfect realm for me to you know combine all these different interests of geopolitics propaganda uh, intelligence agencies, espionage, and movies. And uh, that's what I did. And that's what kind of snowballed into, you know, doing a blog. Uh, and then that snowballed into doing a book and then uh, the TV show and what I'm doing now. Before we begin, let me just mention that at the beginning of your book, Esoteric Hollywood, your, your publisher mentioned three authors, Daniel Estulin, HBL Borelli, and Nick Bryant. I was introduced to the three of them by your publisher, Trying Day. Mm pretty much at the same time, almost 10 years ago or more. Wow. I had them I had them on about a decade ago, and strange things happened during that time, almost as if I shouldn't have had them on. And I see your publisher has a story about these three authors at the beginning of your book. Can you share that story, if you remember it, with our audience? I, I'm trying to remember. Um did it's about you, the movies. Movies, all of a sudden he started getting he started getting people from the streets threatening, just saying, Don't go there. Oh, he has told me this story. That's right. Yeah. I um and I think it had to do maybe with uh Daniel. With Daniel Estelin's book about um Bilderberg. Shadow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt I mean Chris has told me that story multiple times. Um I'd forgotten about that, but I don't doubt that, you know, when you when you delve into these topics, you know, maybe even 
years ago, they were worried about what would be coming out in the news eventually. You know, they, I, I think they, they know that certain things eventually do get out. We've seen this with Epstein and this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I think that the, the chapter on Eyes Wide Shut is really pertinent to what's come out with just Lane Maxwell and Epstein and all that stuff. I mean, I didn't even know about, you know, the Epstein stuff back when I wrote the book. I was familiar with the fact that, uh, you know, we did, uh, Chris did a book on the Franklin cover-up. I'd read Daniel Esselin's books. So I was familiar with a lot of this material. Uh, then the Savile stuff, Penn State stuff came out. Um, but I didn't really know that it was as kind of organized and, um, you know, that it was Epstein and this kind of stuff. I just thought, well, you know, Kubrick's telling us something with, with Eyes Wide Shut here. So I just kind of speculated on the basis of themes throughout films uh, and just kind of prognosticated. And, and then, what do you know, a couple of years after I, I write the first book, you know, a lot of this Epstein stuff comes out public. And I find it very interesting and, and worrisome that back 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when Nick Bryan wrote that book and we discussed it all here, mm. it, it was almost like a call it roadkill. People just drive by, but they don't want to stop. They don't want to look at it. They ignored it. The media never touches it. But right now, if you go to social media, all you see is these hashtags, save our children. And everybody's talking about it. However, if you turn on mainstream media, not once do they talk about child trafficking, pedophilia. Mm. Once in a while, you hear something about Epstein, but never taken seriously. Why do you think that is? Well, it's obviously because of the control of the of media. The media functions as kind of a uh, a steersman, an oarsman, I guess you could say, to steer narratives, the, the grand narrative. And really, it's only alternative media that even gets some of these these stories out. And even the alternative media is not uh, perfect, obviously. It's, it's not ideal. But, uh, you know, they're a small fraction of the audience 10 years ago, five years ago, it's definitely grown. Uh, all of us, I think, have seen a lot of growth and hence why they've engaged in all the censorship that they've, they've uh, resorted to. But media is just one of the arms of the octopus. You say, quote, the camera is much more than a recording apparatus. It is a medium via which messages reach us from another world that is not ours. And that brings us to the heart of a great, of a great secret. Here, magic begins, unquote. Do you mean black magic i do quite literally uh, i mean depending upon how far one wants to go with the meaning of the word black magic uh, if one thinks of ancient empires and their propaganda you know the sorcerers and the priestly class that were standing behind the emperors and the the, the so-called divine rulers you know that that's who is really maybe controlling things uh, you know many philosophers have posited this nietzsche for example said that the priest class was who was really in control of this kind of stuff. And uh, uh, so if one doesn't believe in, you know, supernatural forces, you can still understand it from that perspective that the uh, the power structure has to construct narratives. Plato included this in the Republic. It's called you know, the, the Ring of Gyges. It's the, the myth of the ring. It's the it's the myth of the state, the noble lie to create the story, to create the narrative and. Uh, you know, societies live on the basis of their stories, the stories that they tell, the shared mythos. And so that's why Plato understood the arts had to be controlled. Uh, so, you know, certainly there's good and bad in Plato. I'm not trying to paint with too broad a brush, but modern uh, psychological warfare, modern social engineering uh, certainly takes 
a lot of cues from the ancient world. And, and in that sense, you could say, yeah, black magic is basically a form of psychological warfare. Are movies, in your opinion, the perfect mechanism to program our children's minds? And the reason why I say that, decades ago, I used to see Disney as the most innocent thing in the world. But, you know, the Internet gave us ways to analyze and, and to rewatch films and, and zoom at things. And what I found, and you have found that too, probably, it's probably one of the most corrupt, perverted yeah. places in Hollywood. Yeah, I think that movies were the perfect means of programming and propaganda for a long time. I don't think they're as important anymore. Uh, that's kind of been upstaged in the last, uh, I guess you could argue, decade by, you know, things like video games. Video games are quickly taking precedent. They're not maybe at the top yet, but they will be eventually. And, and probably some version of virtual movie slash gaming, choose your own adventure type of stuff will probably at some point replace it. But, uh, you know, the older studio system is pretty much uh, replaced by streaming services now. That's the new the new Hollywood, you could say, and and they still, I guess you could say, have the upper hand, but I think eventually it's going to turn into something related to, to gaming. But at least in the last century, yes, uh, movies were, in the words of, I think, Bernays, right? Edward Bernays, uh, father of propaganda, there was no better tool for propaganda than Hollywood, he said. And I, I think I quote that in one of the books. What's your opinion of China owning so many movie theaters and movie studios? I think that they, uh, from their vantage point of whatever their doctrine of uh, psychological warfare is, of course, you know, nation states have what they call a a doctrine of of info war. Uh, Various nations have various approaches. Uh, I would imagine that their approach would be that, you know, they understood the power of film, uh, the power of propaganda precisely through movies and hence why they bought up, uh, you know, I don't I think most of of the studios now. You may remember, I'm also a child of the 80s, and I remember the movie Red Dawn. Loved that movie. was so realistic. Yes. yes. But then fast forward to just a few years ago, the new installment of Red Dawn, I hated it. And you probably know this, but they had to redo the movie because it was based on China and they had to be switched to North Korea. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I thought that was kind of comical, actually. And I think that, you know, the whole movie bombed. It yes. got, I think, like 10% <laughs> positive ratings on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. But, but yeah, I mean, and if, you, if we think back to, you know, Red Dawn in the 80s, that, that was also, a, you know, a kind of a Cold War propaganda piece. And it's very ironic that, uh, you know, decades later it's remade and, uh, you know, who the, 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 the ideology and power block that it was intended to kind of critique and, go against has now basically bought it out. I mean, it's just kind of uh, mind-blowing, really, that, that that's where we are with where things have progressed. Uh, and I think the only way really to understand it is to understand that, uh, you know, communism itself is ultimately kind of run, in my view, by very wealthy people. It's just another system of control that's not really about redistributing wealth. It's about consolidating wealth and transferring it to uber-wealthy people. I'm so glad you're saying that because people think when they hear the words communism or socialism or democratic socialism, that they think that this is just a, a such a nice progressive word. But right. they have to just look at every single failure. I mean, look at Cuba, look at Venezuela. Just a few, as you say, consolidate all that wealth and they're still the rich and they're still 
uber rich more than more so than before. And right. the rest is equally miserable. Yeah, it's one of the greatest scams. Uh, I, I do cover uh, the, the uh, several Cold War era films in this the sequel in part two i have kind of a section where i look at cold war movies and what they were saying the pros and the cons and i was trying to stress that you know that this uh this is just a scheme basically to um get everybody to think that uh it's going to be fairly redistributed and and by the way who is going to decide what's fair like who's going to decide you know the the right amounts to redistribute i mean it's just all kind of like based on really fanciful, uh, you know, altruism. And I hate to break it to you, but the world doesn't work that way. You know, it's just, it's just another of the classic scams out there to think that the wealth's going to be re- redistributed, but it actually just gets consolidated and transferred usually to really elite banking families and that kind of stuff. So, um, I do, I do touch on the, the elite control of communism as well as the other, isms and you know socialism uh, fascism as well i see those as kind of uh, you know in the from the perspective of uh, professor anthony sutton that's just kind of being uh, techniques of consolidation of power and wealth how close in your opinion are intelligence agencies associated with hollywood and even organized religion very close very very close uh, that was really the big red pill to swallow in this this uh, uh, years of research that I did. And when I first heard this, I think I was reading a book from uh, my publisher many years ago. Um, I think it was Peter Lobenda's trilogy. And he, he had a section where he was talking about the relationship between Hollywood and, and the CIA. And I, I was kind of surprised when I first read that, maybe in 2007 or eight, somewhere in there. I thought, that's that sounds crazy. Uh, you know, I knew that there had been movies made about the CIA and this kind of stuff, but the idea that there would be this really intimate connection just seemed kind of like a far flung conspiracy theory. And so what I wanted to do was, uh, you know, really get to the bottom of it to see if that was true. And so the more that I dug, the more that I researched. And at the time I was, you know, studying at at the grad level, I had a lot of access to, you know, research papers, journals, uh, you know, JSTOR, the kind of stuff that you only get if you're, you know, a, a currently active student or professor. And the more I dove into the history of propaganda, and I really focused on the Bond series, 007, Ian Fleming, his own life. Uh, that's a, a, a test case for, you know, one of the easiest ways to see the close connection between intelligence agencies uh, and, and film. Uh, and it actually goes all the way back to the beginning of the camera. But um, they're very close. They're they're more or less, you could almost say, flip sides of the same coin. We'll discuss uh, James Bond later. It, I love that uh, the franchise. Now, Stanley Kubrick, you do a great analysis of some of his most popular films. Let me pick uh, a few of them, but let me begin with one. Let me pick on 2001, A Space Odyssey. Do you think this movie was the mental preparation so the masses could believe the Apollo mission was real since it came out a year before? I differ with uh, Jay Widener on that. Uh, I, I love Jay. I respect him a lot. Um, you know, when we did our show, we did a full season, full production show on the basis of of uh, my book and his work as well. And and, and one of the areas we didn't agree, we disagree much, but one of the areas where we did disagree is uh, is over this. I do think Kubrick is uh, dropping hints, but I don't think that is what the movie's about. Uh, neither The Shining, uh, nor our, our, nor, nor do we agree agree on uh, 2001. I see 2001 uh, correctly, as Jay says in his documentary, as a uh, apotheosis of man, evolutionary ascent, 
But I disagree. I don't think that um, we're going to achieve transhumanist apotheosis. Uh, I, I see Kubrick as saying that's kind of what our destiny Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.